Welcome to episode 3 of the Afterthought Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to break down that win over the Jets and discuss if we have a QB controversy or not. On our featured segment, we're going to dive into the world of collectible sports cards and see if some of those childhood memories are worth big bucks. Let's get it. Episode 3 of the Afterthought Podcast. My name is Alex Foldatz and I'm with my co-host Andrew Rubin. Andrew, how are we feeling today? Feeling good, but like I feel like, you know, you should refer to me as your friend, not your co-host. <laughs> we're we're brothers. We're not real brothers. We are business associates. Well, hey, listen, <laughs> feeling really good after an Eagles win to be on the podcast. Oh, it's much easier to do this after a big win than a big loss against a team like the Giants. But before we get into anything Eagles related, what were your thoughts on that New England and Buffalo game last night? Was it three passes from Mac Jones, 55 mile per hour wins? Uh, definitely not what I was expecting. What are your thoughts on that game? That was a complete mess. It was completely yeah. absurd. Um, I think going into that game, we expected probably more of a shootout, especially with the Bills' high-octane offense. Um, but it's just <laughs> the freaking Patriots, man. Throw the ball three times, still win. Um, that wind was was just was gnarly, man. That wind was crazy. And unfortunately, you can't control the elements. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Now, I hear that. Well, you know, to all of our listeners out there, I just want to say that the podcast has now provided me with monetary gains. I took your advice from last week, looked into a few consensus websites, <laughs> and Brian Fies uh, suggested on PicksWise helped me build a game-winning parlay last night. I think I won plus 600 odds, so really happy with, with all of that. <laughs> Degenerates helping degenerates. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, don't forget, we do not we do not endorse gambling here on the Afterthought Podcast. Unless you win. <laughs> Unless you win. All right. Well, hey, man, let's get into the Eagles yeah. win. Let's do two it, Two up, two up, two down. Um, we have a lot of upside. So why don't we start with the two downs first? I'll pass it over to you. I'm actually going to pass it to you. I want to know what your downs are first because uh, I feel like I can uh, – I don't know. <laughs> Got it. No. So as far as my two downs go, um, you know, first off, we have this really odd problem of some weeks shutting down elite quarterbacks and then other weeks of making bad quarterbacks look elite. Um, our defense really struggled against Zach Wilson and this offense. Um, you know, Steven Nelson did not play a good game at all. He was struggling a lot. Uh, gave up that first touchdown. There was a few other passes that, like, he just was nowhere near on the coverage. Um, Alex Singleton is just never where he needs to be, I feel like. So, um, yeah, defense really struggled. So I'm really hoping that we can, um, you know, have a little bit more consistency with, with how we approach these. Listen, we won. 1833, not upset about it. I just feel like the defense needs to have a better consistent performance um, um, in our games. And then my second down is going to be, and I've mentioned him the last two weeks in a row, but Jalen Rieger, not even Jalen Rieger of the offense, Jalen Rieger of the special teams. Um, he called a fair catch 
on a kickoff that stayed in bounds and had to jump on it at the 10 yard line. What? You're a, you're a kick returner. You should be licking your chops, like ready to go. If a ball is coming short, you, you, you put out your arms, call a fair catch or letting it go, whatever the, the official terminology is. And then a few plays later, you end up muffing a punt. Turned out to be a decent return, but man, like, what are you doing? Um, I'm really happy to see that Boston Scott was catching kickoffs in the second half, even though he only had a 10-yard return. <laughs> Not really much of an improvement, but I'm happy to see that hopefully Nick had a conversation with Jalen and was like, dude, you're you're out of here. So those are my two downs. Yeah, and I've always been wondering myself, why is Jalen back there in the first place? I feel like Quez Watkins yeah. is is the more logical choice, but then again, if you're going to put somebody in the face of danger, which kick returns can be dangerous. You got a ton of big old bodies coming right at you. Um, trying to preserve his body, I can get on board with. But I just, I feel like we were sold on Jalen Rager's speed and I just haven't seen it. He just does, I don't know. Get him out of there. Boston Scott, put him in. Let's do it. All right. So my bad. I'm going to start off with, I I want to see more Devontae Smith. I want to see he, he had two receptions for 15 yards on four targets. Um, I mean, Minshew threw the ball 25 times. It's not like he was chucking the ball all game, especially once we started to pull away with the lead and with how well we were running the ball. But, you know, this year, even though we are in the mix for the playoffs, um, it is still kind of an experimental year. And I want to see I just want to see Devonte Smith get the ball as much as humanly possible. Don't force it necessarily, but I want to see more than four targets, you know, whatever. If I'm being greedy, I'm being greedy. Um, so yeah, let's get Devante more involved. Second, I'm going to go. Well, that was weird. I'll go. I'll go, to go. Anyway, um, I'm going to go with the injuries. Um, yesterday was rough. We had quite a few bodies go down. Miles Sanders was playing awesome. He was running between the tackles. He was taken off for big chunks of yards. Unfortunately, he went down, but fortunately we have, uh, you know, backup running backs. Kenny Gainwell looked awesome. Uh, guys who can step in. And I don't, I don't know if it's me, but it's like, if I had a dollar for every time I see Jason Kelsey or Fletcher Cox laying on the ground, thinking we're thinking his, their season's done. And then they're like back five plays later. Or they're back the next quarter. So, I mean, they're they're two of the toughest MFers in the league. But uh, I just, I, I swear every game, I feel like they're out for the season. And then they come right back. And I'm going to, that's actually, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to take this into our two good, our two up here. Um, and with all of those injuries, it's fantastic timing that the Eagles have a bye week coming up. Yeah. Um, it's so important to get some of these, Bodies healed. Um, obviously, given Hurts another week to recover, I still think that he's going to be. I still think that he's the starter. But guys like Jordan Howard, Patrick Johnson, Stephen Nelson, um, and like, yeah, Kelsey and Sanders, who both left early, just getting these guys back healthy as possible for the next game against Washington. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to need our big guns as we're going to need everyone there. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna ha I'm gonna throw it back to you now for the for the. For the two good. Oh no, I have one more good. I'm getting yeah. ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself over here. Um, so I I feel like the Eagles have just had a history of just prioritizing the backup quarterback. And that's one of the few things that I feel like they get right every year. Mm. Um so like I mean, I'll just go through a couple, you know. Are you saying that we're a backup QB factory? Oh, <sighs> I mean 
Sure. <laughs> but those a QB but then, factory only a backup QB factory. But then the backup QBs go on to be non backup QBs elsewhere. Yeah. Not always, but uh I mean AJ Feely for one, you know, he I'm pretty sure he got a nice contract after he was with the Eagles. Um so yeah, like, you know, Michael Vick and ha- having him behind Kevin Cobb in 2010, he took the Eagles to the playoffs. Uh Jeff Garcia in 2006 backing up McNabb. He beat the Giants in a wild card game. Um, Don't forget about Nick Foles. Wait, which one? Which one's he? Uh, the goat. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that guy just, I mean, I, he just he just caused magic from everything from the uh, the 27 and 2 to the, the Super Bowl run to the double doink. All separate playoffs or all separate seasons. Um, but yeah, I just love that the Eagles have prioritized the backup quarterback. It's, it's great to just have that luxury, that security. Um, and, you know, I think that might mean controversy this week. Not quite sure. I know who I want to, to stay as the number one, and that's Jalen Hurts. But I'm going to I'm going to kick it over to you to get your your two up for the week. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's awesome. And, and I agree with you with everything that you said um, as far as the two up goes. And this is something that I haven't heard anybody really mention. Um, Nick Sirianni coached a really good game. And if we can just take a second to address that your running quarterback who primarily runs a lot of RPOs, I guess not too much over the, the last few weeks, but runs the majority of his snaps out of the shotgun, um, had to transition to somebody who usually plays under center and doesn't run the football whatsoever. So an uh, entire element of your offense was taken out. And I think Nick and his adjustments were phenomenal. Um, first year head coach, first time going to game with the backup, totally new offense, coached a really good game. I'm not mad about his coaching whatsoever. About to go out and buy a visor next week. If he keeps it up, (laughs) keeps it up. I will wear a visor. I will wear a visor. That's a joke from our first episode to any of our OG listeners out there. OG, two episodes ago. Our second up is going to be again our backup quarterback Gardner Minshew and and can we just can we just address how cool this guy is they were talking during the broadcast but besides the fact he has a handlebar mustache and a mullet they 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 said during the broadcast that when he got drafted he was out playing cornhole with his boys and gave the phone to his sister <laughs> and said if someone calls me let me know like this dude just loves living life um you know, there was a video of him online uh, with his dad celebrating in the parking lot. And he's like pushing him. He's like beating up on him. He's like, yeah, like, let's go. Like, I love that, man. I love that this guy's in Philadelphia. And I love that he's backing up Jalen Hurts. I am not entirely sold that he needs to be our starter. I kind of hinted at a few things, trying to create some conversation on social media. And it wasn't really well received. Um but, you know, let's also not forget that Jalen Hurts just threw a 17.7 game against the New York Giants, who have arguably a worse defense than the Jets because they're battered and broken. And Gardner Minshew comes out and throws a perfect game the first half, 158.3. And in the second half, still almost a perfect game. I think his stats ended up at like a 133. Um, and to all of our listeners that don't know what a, what a QBR rating is, 153.8 is the highest Anything over 100 is respectable, and Jalen Hurts threw a 17 last week. So, so let's 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 get off of this. You know, he's definitely not the starter because he he did throw a really good game, and I wouldn't be surprised in two weeks 
when Washington's at the Lincoln, if we're down big, I'm going to be there with the crowd saying, hey, let's get the mustache back in the game. Let's finish what he started. I don't know about you, man. If there's one thing that Philadelphia loves, it's a controversy. And especially, I feel like over the past few years, Wentz and Foles just kind of set the bar. And so now it's it's just a constant, it's just going to be a constant theme. Um, I, I totally believe that Jalen Hurts should keep the job. Um, we need to take into account that, I mean, you are correct, the Giants – uh, were completely battered and broken, but the Jets are the 32nd ranked pass defense in the NFL. And there's only 32 wrong. teams. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, had the Giants not been playing with their starters for the entire season, I'm sure that they would have <laughs> taken the throne. Um, but I'm I'm actually glad that you mentioned uh, how over 100 is a, is a very respectable passer rating because I have someone in mind who has had over 100 passer rating the past two seasons and has also thrown for 4,000 yards the past three seasons. And this guy might be a hot take, but this is somebody that I would like to see wearing an Eagles uniform next year. Yeah, so so to all of our listeners, Andrew texted me two days ago and said, I want to make an announcement on the podcast of who I want to start the Eagles at quarterback next year. I have no idea who this person is as of right now. So go ahead, lay it out for us. What's your hot take? I hope no one yells at me. I hope you don't yell at me. I hope that everyone continues to invite me places. Um, I I want Derek Carr. It's not sexy. Okay. Um, he's got some weird fro thing going on that I hope he cuts before next season because he's looking like straight Marv from Home Alone. Um, not not a great look. But let's talk about this guy's arm because he's got one. He's got two, but he's got he's got one arm that. That can chuck it. Um, <laughs> look, I, Jalen Hurts, his downfall is still is still the deep pass. I'm very curious to see how he finishes the season. I still believe in Hurts. I I like him. Um, I still do view him as more of a backup. If I, you know, uh, if my back's against the wall. Um, so Derek Carr has even with Nelson Aguilar back there, he made Nelson Aguilar look awesome last year, which is not an easy thing to do. He hit. I mean, when Henry Ruggs, you know, before the incident, he was he was hitting he was chucking the hitting rugs on on deep passes. It's mm-hmm. he's he's kind of pr- like I was not the biggest car fan, but like, hey, man, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. If your QB ratings over 100, like you said, and uh, the past three seasons of of, of hitting that 4000 yard mark is impressive. So, I mean, granted, I'm sure the Raiders were playing from behind a lot, which forced them to throw. But um, yeah, man, I want to see Derek Carr and Eagles green. What do you think? I don't hate it. What? I don't think it will happen, but I don't hate it. I think Derek Carr is actually a terrific quarterback, and I think he's underrated. I think that his talent gets overshadowed because he's in the same division as the Chiefs, who have been owning their their division the last few years. And Justin Herbert, um, yeah, they got a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah, there. so so I think that his his I think that he gets overlooked. Um, I also think Derek Carr is mentally tough. The whole thing that happens with John Gruden. The whole thing that happened with Henry Ruggs, they lost multiple players due to other incidents over there. To overcome that adversity and still be performing at a pretty high level is a tough thing. You know, football is a lot of skill, but it's also a ton of mental toughness. You saw the Cooper Cup interview, right, where he's just throwing out football terms. I knew some of them. I play some Madden. I know what a fire zone is and I know what a safety is. <laughs> no, but um, in, all, in all seriousness, uh, Derek Carr is mentally tough. Here's why I don't think it will happen. 
but but great take and 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 and, and I like that more than Russell Wilson. I like that more than Deshaun Watson because they're going to ask for it too much. I think you can get something reasonable for for Derek Carr. Um, Jalen Hurts, I still think is going to be the guy next year. Gardner Minshew is going to back him up, and we've already shown that's a pretty capable team. Jalen Hurts is still going to be on a rookie contract, and we're going into a draft with multiple, and we're going to talk about this definitely later up, uh, up coming to the draft, but multiple rookies coming into the city. It's going to be cheap. It's going to be a lot of cap space available, and I don't think we spend it all on a quarterback. I think we finally um, have an opportunity to bring some young talent here, and the bottom line is going to be minimal. So and that I, yeah and and that was a good point too about uh you know Russell Wilson is three years older I mean he's thirty three Derek Carr's thirty which he's still got he's still got plenty of of gas left in the tank um it's probably going to cost yeah. you a little bit less than Russ would I mean I'm a huge Russ fan but um yeah I don't know you know I, I he's he's taken a lot of hits he he puts his body on the line the body will break down so give me Derek Carr man I it's not sexy like I said but I I feel like he gives them really good security. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I hope that Jalen hurts finishes the rest of the season. Awesome. I hope that Minshew, you know, the controversy lights a fire under Jalen hurts butt, And he just proves to everyone that like, yeah, you were talking all that smack. You wanted Minshew to be the quarterback. Well, look who just beat Washington twice. You know, that's what I want. You know what? And I'll tell you one thing, uh, when it comes to mental toughness, I think Jalen hurts has what, what Carson Wentz doesn't, I think Carson Wentz and and we can talk about Carson Wentz and, and we are going to have a segment on that in a few weeks. Um, I don't think Carson Wentz was mentally tough to be able to back up to that pressure. And I think Jalen thrives in it. Let's hope he doesn't constantly need pressure to thrive and constantly have his back against the wall. But I think if there's any quarterback in the league right now that is going to handle that adversity, I want it to be Jalen hurts. And I think he can handle it really well. Um, speaking of, you know, next games coming up, thankfully we have a bye. You were talking about injuries. Let's give some time to our guys to heal up heading into Washington. Um, wild card opportunity here. Vikings lose to the lions. Um, <laughs> it's wide open for us. If we win out, we're in the timing is beautiful. And the fact that we have Washington, that, that we're neck and neck with Washington and we have them twice on the schedule is beautiful. I, I love the fact that we can, that we're in control. We control our own destiny. Um, I don't expect us to win both games. If we do, I think that that's, I mean, the, from Sirianni down would, I would be so impressed. Um, but Washington's a good team. I mean, they they have, they have good play. Like they have Antonio Gibson. They have Terry McLaurin. Unfortunately, Logan Thomas got hurt again. Um, but they have they have a, a, a good yeah. defense. Um, it's it's going to be tough. But to your point, having that bye week this week to get these guys like hopefully back and ready for that next game uh, would be huge. And I I need to ask you a question. And again, I'm kind of scared. Um, <laughs> so Washington is playing the Cowboys this weekend yeah. and we kind of need uh we need one of those teams to win and we need one of those teams to lose. Um, unfortunately, um, we want to see Washington lose. So Alex, are you going to root for the Cowboys this weekend? I am going to pull a loophole and I am going to hope that Washington loses. <laughs> I will never get on the air and say that I want Dallas to win. I don't want Dallas to win. I just want Washington <laughs> to lose. You know what? I want them to tie because that will help us too. 
that's the best of both worlds. <laughs> I mean, that, we might be getting a little greedy, but uh, but a tie would be would be delicious. Oh man, awesome! Well, hey, I think that was a great first half of the show. Um, man, this is this is definitely a lot more fun to do after a win. On our featured segment, we are going to jump into the world of sports card collectible card trading. Ooh. Yeah. So for you guys that have your shoebox full of Pokemon cards or sports cards or something that you had Guilty. when you were a kid, we're going to talk a little bit about how some of those childhood memories may be worth some big bucks. You're not going to want to miss it. So stay tuned for our main segment. This is the Afterthought Podcast. Hey, Philly fans, welcome back to another segment of Cooking with All Pups. Today, we're going to be talking about bean dip. Caution, the following segment may induce excessive tooting. The staff is not responsible for how your living room may smell afterwards. So go ahead and get your ingredients together down at the grocery store. You're going to need a little bit of salsa. I like the store brand medium heat salsa, a brick of cream cheese, a can of refried beans. You can chop up some lettuce and tomato, buy a little bag of pre-shredded cheddar. Of course, I'm cheap, so I buy the block and shred it myself and then you're gonna to need to get yourself some chips. So what we're gonna do here is we're gonna take the salsa and the cream cheese and mix it together in a bowl. I usually like to use either like a hand mixer, like your mashed potato mixer, but a fork works just as good. Take that, mix it up really good, equal parts salsa and cream cheese, get it until it's a nice consistency. Take the refried beans, spread those out into the bottom of a flat dish, like a square nine by 11 cake pan works perfectly. Then put that layer of cream cheese salsa over top of that, sprinkle with the cheese, and then go ahead and add some spices. You can use a little packet of pre-made taco mix, that stuff's delicious. Or if you've got a little bit of maybe cumin, salt, pepper, and maybe some uh, coriander, you can sprinkle that on top. Just go ahead and use your imagination. It's a great place to add a little bit of hot sauce too if you're uh, so inclined. So the next thing to do is you just stick it in the refrigerator, let it chill for a little while. You can spray it with a little bit of ranch on top. You can put a nice little dollop of sour cream. Adds wonderful flavor to the whole thing. Then the last step is get yourself a BABC. That's a big ass bowl of chips because this stuff is just begging to be dipped. Go ahead and enjoy the game. Enjoy your big ass bowl of chips with your bean dip and happy tootin' to you. This has been another segment of Cooking with All Pups. Back to the studio, guys. All right, and welcome back to the Afterthought Podcast. We are now getting into the next segment. The next segment. And what are we going to talk about? Well, if there's one thing that we enjoy talking about here on the Afterthought Podcast, it's how can you make money utilizing sports? Not entirely serious, but to that point, I have an expert with me here. You might know him as my co-host or friend or brother. But Alex, would love to pick your brain about the world of collectible football cards. <laughs> so, first question, and I don't know if this, you know, if this is similar to uh, all these, you know, all these people being Robin Hood day traders and just trying to like make money from their couch, but why did why did card trading become such a thing during the pandemic? Yeah, man. No, and and really happy to talk about this. A lot of people have been um, asking me, you know, picking my brain on just like, you know, what I was able to uncover because, you know, I kind of did partake in a little bit of the hype. Um, so listen, man, you know, being locked in your house for two weeks, right? Because COVID is only two weeks, right? That's all it was supposed to be. Uh, two weeks turned into a year. Um, you know, 
and there's a lot of people that were looking to embark on new hobbies or embark on ones that they previously had. So a lot of what we saw with this, you know, price explosion, I'll call it with collectible cards as a whole, not even just sports, was really people reliving their childhood, finding old boxes in their attic that had these cards and people got right back into collecting again. Um, so it really caused a lot of people to to redefine those hobbies. But it did get a little bit out of control at some point. So, you know, I remember going home during Christmas and I asked my mom, hey, do you know where all my Pokemon cards are and everything from when I was a kid? And thankfully, they were in a closet. They were in all relatively good shape. And, you know, we started kind of like getting back into it and looking at it and kind of reliving our childhood. Well, I went to Walmart to see if I could find some, right? It was Christmas. My brother was coming over. I want to see if we could open some Pokemon cards for, for good old time's sake. There are people literally waiting in Walmart all day waiting for the stalker to come over to go buy cards. People waiting in Walmart all day to, to get these cards. So, um, you know, I was never really one of those people that got into it, but I did sell a lot of my Pokemon cards. And with some of those proceeds, I was like, hey, I'm really into football now. I want to start collecting some of these football cards. And I did. I was able to see a stalker one time, um, not waiting at a Walmart all day, just just so happened that it aligned with them. I got a twenty five dollar box of basketball cards because they didn't have any football cards. Guess how much I sold a $25 box of basketball cards on eBay for? How recent? This was probably in April. Oh, so this is recent. Okay. I am going to say, let's straight $1,000. No, not a $25 box. It was $150. But when you think about just the amount of margin that people are paying and how bad people are trying to get these products, because you can't find it anymore. So you have a whole bunch of people that are trying to relive their memories or getting back into collecting and they can't find the product anywhere. So that's why we've really seen such a big price explosion during the pandemic. Well, I would pay you $1,000 for an Allen Iverson card. So, and, and to your point about Pokemon, I was one of those people that would wait in line. Um, my, my parents would bribe me with Pokemon cards to get me to do things around the house, which good move, good move on their part. Same here. I, (laughs) I opened a pack one day and I got a holographic Charizard and to this day have never screamed that loud. It was the, I mean, at the time it was the most exciting thing ever. And I'm actually curious now what I can get for that. So to that point, how, how do you determine worth on these cards? Yeah. So here's a hack for everybody at home. If you really want to assign associated value with some of these cards, go to eBay Type in the card that you have, right? So, Andrew, you're going to go to eBay. You're going to type Charizard. And at the bottom, next to the little star symbol that tells you that it's rare, there's a, a number. I think it's like 12 out of 150 or something. Don't ask how I know so much about this. I spent a little bit of time. You know I'm doing this. this right as we speak because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to make that bread. So, so what you'll do is you'll type that in. Now, the first thing that you'll see is a whole bunch of people and the pricing is everywhere. People are listing their Charizard cards for unreasonable amounts. You'll see some for thousands of dollars, some not. Go to the sold listings and it will actually tell you what those cards are selling for. So that's a really good way to say, hey, I have a shoebox full of cards in my, in my closet and I want to associate some value with it. So really quick way, go over there. Go to eBay, search sold, be able to find it. 
I will caution you, though, that condition does play a big part of this. A lot of us were really young when we had these cards. We didn't take the best care of them. So you need to make sure that you're being upfront and honest um, with the people on eBay when you're selling these and taking really good pictures so they can associate the value. Because what some of these people may do is actually send them in to get authenticated. What authentication is, is basically them sending it to a company. PSA is the biggest one to associate a value with it that correlates with the uh, condition, the cards and on scale from one to 10, zero being unrecognizable, 10 being mint condition, which no cards from our era, if we ever dealt with them with bare hands, are going to get a mint condition type card. Well, Alex, you'll be happy to know that I double cased my Pokemon cards and they are, I honestly don't know where they are. I'm going to call, I, all right, I'm going to have to get my parents on the line and be like, yo, where are all of those shoe boxes? Because that's straight money. That's money. That's money in those boxes. Don't you know, especially with the, with how, with, you know, I was wise, wise beyond my years, double casing the cards. Ain't no fingerprints, scratches. Gonna make millions. Okay. Next question. Do you think that I guess what is the shelf life? That's what I want to know. You know, is this a long-term investment? Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of a, so my, my quick answer to that is no, I I don't think sports cards personally are a long-term investment. However, there are opportunities and there are certain cards that you can get that can net you a lot. I don't think you would be, unless this is a business, I don't see how this could have long-term prosperity for you. When I'm talking long-term investments, I'm investing money into the stock market. I'm investing money into 401k, a little bit of money in cryptocurrency, um, real estate, right? These are appreciating assets. The thing with sports cards that people don't understand is people think the longer you hold on to something that somehow makes something more valuable. The price of sports cards and Pokemon cards and all of these other types of trading cards is solely based off the fact of what somebody else is willing to pay for it. That's it. If I have a a Charizard card that I'm holding on to 200 years from now, there is no way, there is no way that anybody is going to somehow pay me more because it's somehow older. It's all about what somebody is willing to pay for it. There are a few exceptions to that rule. And this is where the money can be made in the short term. The thing about sports cards is all of it is revolved around what do you think your player will do in the future? Tom Brady was drafted in what, the sixth round, seventh round? He was a nobody. They didn't make a lot of Tom Brady rookie cards. Tom Brady rookie cards are worth so much money right now. Patrick Mahomes rookie cards are going for a lot of money too. They weren't really printed that much because nobody really thought that Patrick Mahomes was going to blossom into something. So on the contrary, the newer sets of people that you don't know have a future are actually worth a lot more. Last year, Tua Tonga Vailoa cards were going for just as much as Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow cards. But now that they have a whole year of playing time, guess which out of those three rookies are selling for for the most right now? Not Tua. Not Tua. Exactly. Tua cards are almost worthless right now. 
But the the upside on Justin Herbert cards, the upside on Joe Burrow cards have gone up significantly, and it's all revolved around how the players are doing. This year, Trevor Lawrence was the one that everybody thought was going to do really well. Dude went his whole entire high school and college career never losing a football game. Well, it looks like Mac Jones is kind of running away with that right now. Mac Jones rookie cards are going for so much. I do have a quick question. So sure. what what if I think that the upside on Trevor Lawrence, and this is kind of like fantasy, you know, it's like you're you're basically you're trying to buy players low and you're trying to sell players once you think their value has peaked and they're not going to be able to sustain it. So with that being said, if I think that Tua or Trevor Lawrence um, are going to end up having these illustrious careers, do you think that it is smart to try to find these cards so you can essentially buy low. I'll tell you what, Jordan Love cards started flying off the shelves. People were very bullish on Jordan Love, learning behind Aaron Rodgers, going through and having all this. I know know people on Instagram that have snapshots of hundreds of Jordan Love rookie cards that they bought because they thought it was going to be a good long-term investment. Well, after his game with the Chiefs, I don't think that there is that. So, sure, Andrew, you can do that and get it on the cheap. And if you fully believe in it, sure, short-term investment. Unless Trevor Lawrence goes out and wins six Super Bowls, I don't think you're going to see anything like that. And, I, you know, I'm going with the Peyton Manning theory because, again, dude threw 28 interceptions his rookie season and is now top three quarterback of all time. So, uh, you know, it's tough with these rookies. It's almost like, yeah, if the rookie isn't performing – Chances are, like, especially if they're a number one pick, they're going to develop. But that's uh, that's very, very interesting. Well, this this is what I think I'm most interested to know from you, Alex. If you could pick the craziest or, you know, the one card that made you more excited to receive than any other card, what would it be? Yeah, so so I actually just sold one on eBay for just under $900. So a little bit of backstory on who and, and kind of how it got to this, right? So so we talk a lot about these rookies, right? And the reason that rookies are worth so much and the reason people go after a rookie is one, like I said, that first time that person has experience into the league, but also what Panini, that's the main company that makes these cards, what they do is- Panini, they make these- like, like the sandwich? Yeah, <laughs> they're actually like really big and uh, NBA sponsors. You see them, you see their logos everywhere. If I showed you the logo, you'd be like, oh yeah, I've seen that before. But yeah, like my last, you know, my last name's Ruben. So I feel like, I feel like I need to be checking. I need to make a partnership with this Panini. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So, so really quick, and, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds with all of this, but what these companies do is they make certain cards in limited supply, which drives the demand up. Um, tons of card shops are popping up out of where, but they can't sign exclusive deals with Panini because they don't want to over flood the market, thus decreasing the value of the card. So Panini's really smart. They'll set out cards that have certain numbers on them. They'll have cards that, you know, you have this card, it's one out of 500. You now own one out of 500 cards of that type of variation in the world. There actually are cards out there that are one of one, that there's only one of those and you own it. There's a Tom Brady card that I saw the other day on on YouTube. It's worth high five figures for one piece of cardboard because it's so sought after. Only one of them exists in the world. 
there's a little bit of backstory to tell you that the card that I pulled, I was off from work one day, went to the local card shop, uh, this place in Horsham, lady's great, she really knows her stuff, bought a box of $50 of cards, there was 11 packs in it. And I pulled a Trevor Lawrence rookie downtown variation card. Variation, not variation, a super short print card. And this card is very sought after because there's only one downtown type card in every case of boxes that this come in. And there's 30 different players that are on the downtown type of cards. So you could buy 100 cases and still not get how sought after this card was. Talk about screaming. The shop owner was screaming, jumping up and down, looking on eBay to see how much it was going for. And without the authentication that I meant earlier, without having it graded and sent in and judged, just that card itself was selling upwards of like $1,100. I decided at that point I was going to hold on to it. I wasn't going to sell it. And then I started watching the Jags. Then I started watching the Jags digress. Then I got on eBay and I saw the prices going down, down, down. And I thought to myself, (laughs) you know what? This isn't a business. This is a little side hustle. And if I can get my wife to be okay with me buying more higher end product, I'm going to get some capital. I'm going to sell it. Listed it on eBay, had some negotiations back and forth, ended up selling out for a little bit over $800, $900 after fees and everything. How about that? I'm telling you, man, do not sleep on that card. It's... He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's got, I, I don't know. Actually, don't quote me on that. I don't want to steer you in the wrong direction and then just live with that <laughs> guilt. So I'll just, you know, I'll just stick with my hot takes with my Derek Carrs and my Trevor Lawrence's and hopefully I'm not proven wrong. Um, final question for you. If I just wanted to, no, you know what? I'm going to ask a different question. Is there one sport that, is worth more than than the others. Do you think that, yeah, I don't know, do baseball sell more typically than football? Yeah, no, I think the top two sports um, in this are going to be basketball, which is number one. You have a lot of really exciting rookies that came into here, like LaMelo and you had Zion a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that are really making a bigger impact and, I, and in my opinion are selling for a lot more. Number two is going to be football because, listen, we just had two drafts with a lot of big-name quarterbacks coming out of this. Next year, football is not going to be worth that much. We don't have a lot of big quarterbacks coming out of it, right? Um, Right. So, you know, that may be a really rough year for for football collectors. So I'd say those are the top two. Um, Then would probably put baseball and then hockey. You see hockey stuff still on the shelves that doesn't ever sell. So that's that's the order that you see that in. Poor hockey, man. Hockey just gets no love in the States unless you're in, I don't know, like Buffalo or Michigan or somewhere up north where it's cold. Anywho, I think that that's going to just about do it for our show. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I think we had some awesome information. Again, always fun doing these shows after a win. Uh, obviously, bye week next week, but not for us. <laughs> we'll give some injury updates. We'll give some updates on the controversy. See if, uh, you know, who's winning that battle. Still think it's going to be Jalen Hurts, but we'll find out. Uh, so thanks again to everyone for listening. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday. And uh, have a great week, everyone. <laughs>